Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Getting into, while they do have some guys that are coming up and and really trying to be those defensive-minded guys, Casey, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop some stats your way because mm-hmm. there was some there was some confusion on my n- not confusion but there was that it shouldn't have played out like it did because whenever you look at the high danger scoring chances, oh. the Rangers had four high danger chances in the first, two in the second, and four in the third. The best chances that the Rangers had were in the first period. And these are two really, really good goalies. And that's what we saw in the first period last night. Both teams came out hot. Both teams put up some good shots against each other. And both goalies did not allow those goals to come through. The expected goals for for both sides in the first period was one. Like, statistically speaking, how good of a shot it was, the dangerous chance that it was, was that 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 goal should have gone in at least one goal on either side in the first period, but it didn't. So that's telling me, okay, well, these goalies, they're just superior. They're just, Mm -hmm. they're just doing their jobs really great. The second period, you know, of the high danger scoring chances Neither team really like you don't really there there wasn't one that you really expected a goal from. Um, none of the chances were statistically speaking that fabulous. Um, and then you get into the third period. The Rangers have four high danger chances. Mm-hmm. The Lightning have zero. The Rangers completely. I mean, you look at the the way that like. Corsi goes and like the stats and stuff, the advanced mm-hmm. statistics for the first two periods. I mean, it's like teetering the line, right? Like it's, it's, and in fact, it's kind of on Tampa Bay's favor. The, the Corsi line is right. Like the shots yeah. that are taken, where they're taken from and, and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's Tampa Bay is getting more high danger scoring chances in the first two periods than the Rangers are comes to the fourth so the third period, the Rangers have four high danger chances and the Lightning have zero. And you just can't play like that. And the reason no. why that happened is because it, it's kind of like what we've alluded to, but like they didn't have very much control in the neutral zone. They had mm-hmm. way too many odd man rushes and that showed. And so even though of the four high danger chances, statistically speaking, like they should have only had like 0.78 goals. Like 
even with the high danger chances, they should have only had 0.7. They, that's not even a goal. They shouldn't even have <laughs> one goal, even with the four high danger chances. But here's what, that. here's what happened. They scored two goals, and that's because there was some lacks in the defense. Mm-hmm. And that's what that tells me. It, that's that's not, you know, Andre Vasilevsky, he, he's not out here not blocking. No, he's no. Doing- He's, he's doing stopped 36 of 39 shots. He's doing his job. In fact, again, statistically speaking, he saved 1.74 goals above expected. So almost two goals more than statistically speaking, he should have been able to save. He did save. This yeah. is a fantastic goalie. But then whenever you look at the fact that they had they allowed four high danger chances. They got no high danger chances, and then they let two goals in when really, statistically speaking, they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. That's where things really start to break down. It, 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 it really did start to break down in the third period. Um, they were just getting outplayed. The Rangers were controlling the puck better. Like I said, they they really were controlling the neutral zone and Casey, those odd man rushes really, really impacted the will kill them every time. <clears throat> and we saw a lot of those issues kind of um, honestly in playoffs, you know, while playoffs were exciting and they still kind of made it past all the way to the Stanley cup final. It was the games where the odd man rushes were out of control and unmanageable that, that, the, that the bolts will lose the game. Um, something that you would think would be a focal point heading into this 30th season here. And just kind of like to add to those amazing stats that you mentioned and really puts a lot of things in a perspective there. Um, how I kind of talked earlier about how for me, I, felt like the the slide uh the falling apart if you will started in the second period it new york outshot the bolts 39 to 27 and and in some circumstances that doesn't feel such at large but they started that includes them taking advantage or starting to gain an advantage 16 to 8 in the second period alone so the 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 they started to lose that fast pace that fast start that they needed to kind of contain and when they can at least come out fast period by period, they put themselves in a better positioning. But you're right, statistically, you, you, you wouldn't even bank on them scoring, let alone, you know, being in this in, in a three to one loss there. But you can't always rely on Bassie, um, even though he's a superhuman superhero. He had made multiple big saves last night. And I don't think that Bassie is ever really that guy that that, that falls to fatigue, if you will. A lot mm-hmm. of it is the, the vision of his defensive players learning how to line up in front of him. And that's where they really heavily rely on a guy like Eric Chernak. Eric and and Bassey have this rhythm to them where, you know, Eric can play tight into Vasilevsky and still contribute to blocking pucks and um, getting his stick to move pucks out of harm's way. So it comes down to these, these, these newer guys, you know. What I liked about some things that I've seen out of uh, Myers already and Flurry. Mm-hmm. Flurry for sure is that um, I've seen, I caught a couple of his games when he was in the crack in Jersey and something that I liked about him that I think that maybe it's just him getting more acclimated with this team is that he's got really keen puck handling skills in front of the net. 
he's not one of those guys that just quickly tries to eradicate the puck from, you know, the danger zone. He tries to manipulate the puck to actually pass out, to get a play going, start moving back up ice. And I think that's something that's a strategy that can help this team. So that they're not always just trying to clear the puck. They're moving the puck up and they're starting to get organized. They're starting to find their structure and lead up the ice, you know, with a purpose, with intention, with pressure. So I think it'll be great to see him, get more situated in this system. Um, I know a good amount of people that are pretty big on Felipe Myers. Uh, so this is another guy who we just need to see get groomed into this system. But what they're really losing out on is that defense, and it can't come down to Victor Hedman. You know, Mikhail Sergachev got a little shaken up in the preseason, so it was great to even see him on the ice. Uh, Coach Cooper did mention days ago that, you know, he'd be fine and ready to go. They didn't want to put him in any kind of wayward predicament in the preseason because it's preseason. It doesn't count. Um, so great to have him back because when he gets going, and this is a guy that we want to see get going, he is equally contributing to shots on goal as a forward or, you know, a really sick winger. He was up there in the 140s last season for shots on goal or, you know, attempts, if you will. And so what's funny is that last season people felt like Sergey kind of fell off and I would say that he didn't have as much of a dominant presence on the ice, but equally as effective when it comes to his statistics. So this defense needs to find their rhythm within their pairings. And I think that if they can kind of tackle that early on that the next couple of games will look a bit different for this Tampa Bay lightning team. For sure. For sure. And it is, very early in the season, there's a lot to build off of. And so moving on to uh, our cherry pickers for the game. Hey, Casey, <laughs> I got to go. I mean, I could, you could go two ways here. I'm going to go. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time. It's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm going to go backbone. I'm going to go backbone. I'm going to go Andre Vasilevsky because, like I said, those two shots saved above average this is a guy and and I know that that he wasn't pleased with his performance he is very very hard on himself yeah um, but you know there there wasn't always great play in front of him I think he knows that I think they know that um but this is a guy that comes out he has a fantastic routine and he's really good at what he does. So Andre Vasilevsky, you're my cherry picker. I know that the, the, the game didn't go how we wanted to go, but you did your job. You contributed between the pipes, and uh, we appreciate you. I know, and you rarely ever see a bad performance out of this guy. It's he. Yeah. He can always be in the category of a cherry picker. So I love that pick. You can never, never vote against Andre Vasilevsky. Um, I mean, as if it's not obvious, <laughs> Kaylee and I have, have another show together and I think everything I do is so obvious, but, um, my cherry picker is got to go to the kid, Brandon Hagel. I'm really excited about what he's going to, what he's going to do, um, how he's going to continue to grow in this, in this new role in this different role. And if he becomes a guy that can defend and score, watch out NHL. I'm just really excited to see how he continues to flourish in this, in such an exciting, um, 
in such an exciting lightning team and roster. And I think he's well on his way to doing that. And if he starts feeding off of Nick Paul and we see Nick Paul build off of what he did at the end of the season in playoffs, I'm all about a dynamic duo. I'm all about a little bash bro situation. So that's what I'm hoping comes from, from these two, but uh, yeah, definitely got to hand the cherry picker off to Brandon Hagel for me. It's, it's a no brainer. There has to be honorable mention to the captain, Steven Stamkos, who got the one goal for the lightning on the power play. Steven Stamkos is an incredible leader. Um, and, and he does a lot in the room and he, he, yeah, there's, there's a lot that you can say about him. I, I think that he's going to have another fantastic season. I'm excited to think about it, but Casey getting into some of the off season news, they they do have guys like Steven Stamkos back. They do have guys like Pat Maroon back. These guys mm-hmm. who are fantastic leaders who who really own the dressing room. But a guy that you're going to miss his presence both on and off the ice is Ryan McDonough. We already alluded to it. Ryan yeah. McDonough is a guy that, I mean, Pat Maroon got a little teary-eyed and said, I'm going to miss him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to miss that guy. Uh, you can't replace what he does on the ice. You can't replace what he does in the dressing room either. Just the way that he is able to be that that more subtle, silent leader. He will call things out. He will call meetings whenever he knows that those those meetings need to take place. Yeah. Um, and he's just one of those guys that they they really are going to miss. And you think about on the ice, what they're going to miss. And it's not just the blocked shots, Casey, but this is a guy, when I talked to him last year, I I asked him, what makes you, why do you fit into this defense and this team so well? And his answer to me was that he is, he's basically old reliable. He plays structured. He plays dependable. You know where he's going to be. He plays within the structure of what the team is doing. He's old reliable out there. And that's a guy that you need and somebody's going to have to step up and be that old reliable for this team this season on defense, because while you have some fantastic defenders like Victor Hedman, like, you know, should be in the Norris conversation almost every single year. Oh yeah. Um, he, he, he doesn't play defense the way that other people do. He's mm-hmm. not as structured. He's not your typical defenseman. He's going to get up. He's going to play up. He's more of an offensive defenseman. Um, and he, he's a big body. He's going to move all across the ice. And so there you're going to have to find somebody who's going to be able to emulate to a degree what Ryan McDonough did for this team. And he did so well, which is Mm -hmm. just being sound, being structured, being that old reliable. Um, but he's not the only one Casey. They also lose Jan Bruda and Andre Palat. So it's going to be really interesting how, how this shakes out. I'll speak on Jan Bruda for a second and then maybe let you get into Andre Palat and what he brings to the table, what they're going to miss with him. But with Jan Bruda, he didn't have the most dazzling of stats. He wasn't this guy that you spoke about all the time. But like I mentioned before, Victor Hedman is so dynamic and he's he's so interesting and different in how he plays defense that to be a partner with Victor Hedman you also have to be very structured. You have to know where you're going. And you also have to kind of know Victor Hedman well. You have to know yeah. what he's going to do and be able to read him before he goes and makes those moves. 
And Jan Ruda was able to do that as good as anybody uh, on this team or in this league has been able to do. He's a really fantastic partner for Victor Hedman, and they're certainly going to miss him. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a big thing to point out is the fact that Jan Ruda was the kind of guy that while he wasn't statistically high on the boards, he knew how to play in syncly with one of the most unorthodox players in the league. Victor Hedman's just great to watch because as you mentioned, he has this size about him. He has this way that he skates. He has this way that he punches up the ice. So not having that guy that can, can, can flow with such an unorthodox um, and, and big presence on the ice, if you will, that's going to be an adjustment. Uh, but as you mentioned, it's, it's Andre Pilat too, who's another big presence that this team is going to miss. And the first thing that pops into my mind is playoff Pally. We're all going to miss playoff Pally. And yeah. And it, and it was interesting because in the beginning of the season, and this just kind of circles back to what you said at the top of the show, Kaylee here on pucks and bolts is let's not hit the, the alarm yet. Let's not, let's not sound the alarm. Let's not panic because this team te- technically in, in multiple seasons, uh, of the last four or five years haven't really started off strong. It takes them a minute to gel. It takes them a minute to find that chemistry. But once they do, they are a powerhouse to deal with. And, you know, bubble-wise, it was Sweden where they bonded because they traveled together and got to know one another. And then all of a sudden they were unstoppable. And, you know, there's always these turn points. So all that to say that last season – People weren't too impressed with the stats that Pally was putting up. They felt like he was off to a slow start. They felt like he was having a lot of silent games, and all of a sudden he just dialed it up, and he did it before playoffs. This guy played in 77 games, scored 18 goals, and had 31 assists. So he was definitely a big feeder on his line. He was able to get the puck up and get it to the guys that you know are going to execute, and I think that's something that might be slightly overlooked. Who are our feeders going to be this year when it comes to the Tampa Bay Lightning? Because now with Andre Pilat out of the lineup, you're really going to notice how much he was feeding the puck to these guys and helping them push up the ice, and you know it's going to be even more noticeable with Anthony Sorelli out until roughly December and, and so on and so forth. So there's some plugs here where guys are going to have to step up and take on a larger role, especially until guys like Sorelli and Bogosian get back into the lineup. But there's going to be a lot to miss about Pally. He had the chemistry. He had played for so long with Stamkos and Hedman and, you know, those unspeakable bonds that you have on the ice. That's something that I love about hockey. When you just establish a big relationship with a guy you have these unspeakable moments you just know where they are you can sense them you can feel them and there was multiple significant plays last season where you kind of look at something that Andre Pilat does on the ice and you're like how did he even know how did he know that point was going to be there how did he know that Cooch was going to be there how did he know that Kalorn was going to be there and it's just it's time so now we're kind of losing that time element that some of these players have had with one another. A lot more younger guys, a lot more new faces. Last year it was already a bit shaken up with new faces. This year it's that much more. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps into that feeder role and strong two-way player. It's going to come back to the two-way for me almost every time right now because um, that's really where they started to lose out. And that role heavily went to Anthony Sorelli until guys like Hagel and, and Paul really started to step in. So Andre Pilat, he was big for them when it came to being defensive. He was huge for them on penalty kills. And he was just this dark horse that never got enough credit until it turned into playoff pally, and now he's gone. So he's going to be so missed. But with that said, Kaylee, while we're going to miss so many of these guys, um, Bolts fans and as well as Tampa Bay Lightning players and coaches, you know, offseason always comes with some new signings, some new sightings. 
uh, some newbies that are worth being excited about. So I think we'd be remiss not to mention the first big signing that happened shortly after getting knocked out in the Stanley Cup final to the Avalanche is everyone got on the McBall train. Oh, everyone yeah. saw this guy who's just everywhere. And again, Somebody who can be everywhere and be physical, that's an exciting player to watch. And Nick Paul did that. He only played in 21 regular season games for the Bolts, scored five goals, nine assists, 14 points, but he contributed 35 shots on goal. I am excited about this. I need to find a different word besides excited. I get it, guys. But <laughs> with the beginning of the hockey season and some of these players, yes, I'm just freaking ecstatic, if you will. But um. The signing of Nick Paul, they made that happen very quickly. Kaylee, were you surprised by this? Did you know it was coming? I know that you always have your ear to the ground with all things Bolts. Um, and they made this happen, what, a couple of days after the Cup closed out? Yeah, and I think that, that that was for a reason. I think two things. Nick Paul wanted to stay here. Mm -hmm. They knew what Nick Paul could bring. They knew what Nick Paul could be. And they knew that his stock value had just risen significantly yep. based off of his playoff performance. Julian Brisewell is incredible. The way that he is able to finagle the salary cap and figure out how to put this team together year after year to be competitive this year, but also like he said in his press conference to start the season, competitive in years to come. It really is a fantastic way that he's able to do this. So I for sure expected them to, to re-sign Nick Paul. Um, I was not surprised whatsoever. And I was not surprised that they got it done very quickly because Nick Paul is a guy that really jived with this team just personally. And, and this is a team, Casey, that you talk to the players, you talk to the players' families, you talk to their wives and their kids. They love being here. And it's not just because of the sunshine and we live close to the water and it's beautiful. No, the way that this organization is put together, the way that the players interact with each other, they love it. They are big fans. Um, th th there's a, a good mix of guys that, um, you know, are a little bit older. They have families. Uh, they mesh well. They're They're just know more a little a little bit more family oriented guys and then there's a really good mixture of guys that are younger and and are excited and are in our you know kind of like that young you know they they like to go play video games they're gonna you know you're gonna see them around at some of the bars from time to time like they or go out studios. And like they you know the, these are guys that and and so you have these dynamics and it all kind of fits together in this perfect mix and everyone who comes here wants to stay. Truly yeah. do. So it did not surprise me at all that Nick Paul wanted to stay. 